Hi listeners, today we're going to hear about the upcoming PEARLS workshop. That is the Political Economy of Reinforcement Learning Systems. That's at the NeurIPS 2021 conference, and it's on uh, Tuesday, December 14th. The link will be in the show notes. So we're going to hear from co-organizer Dr. Thomas Crendel gilbert and also Dr. Mark Nitzberg about the PEARLS workshop. Dr. Thomas Crendel gilbert is a postdoctoral fellow at the Digital Life Initiative at Cornell Tech. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Gilbert. Thanks for having me. So you are co-organizing the workshop? Yes. So the Pearls community is an outgrowth of conversations that I started during my time uh, at Simons, the Simons Institute one year ago. Uh, the workshop itself is being co-organized by uh, myself alongside Stuart Russell, who is a professor of computer science at UC Berkeley, director of the Center for Human Compatible AI. Uh, I'm also co-organizing with Michael Dennis, who is a graduate student at CHI, uh, Aaron Snoswell, who I first met in the Simons program a year ago. Uh, we had conversations there about pearls. And then finally, Tom Zick, uh, who has a PhD from Berkeley as well. So why is pearls important and why do you want people to come to this? So pearls is important for the same reason that reinforcement learning is important. Reinforcement learning is you know, widely considered the single most viable technical path to general capabilities. Uh, it's also, I think, the most interesting uh, institutional expression of what AI is going to do to society. And what I mean by that is that what makes reinforcement learning different than other branches of machine learning is that at the end of the day, it's about agents that are actively learning how to navigate an environment and incorporate a behavior policy uh, on terms that while those are overseen by a designer, uh, there are many more types of feedback at stake in reinforcement learning uh, than there are in other branches of machine learning. And it's precisely that potential for these different types of feedback uh, to be brought into the reward function, to be at stake in the way the environment has been specified, that makes RL very exciting, not just at the technical level, but also for what we think we even mean by an intelligent agent that is able to interact uh, socially, either in the sense of with other agents or just in relationship with human domains. What do you think might go wrong or could go wrong if people don't pay attention to this? If no one comes to Pearls and we don't talk about this and we don't uh, plan for this as a society, what what's the danger here? I think the danger here is a few things. So one danger is that we're going to end up with agents that are smarter than we even know how to document or than we even know how to account for. So again, just a very simple example would be uh, if, you, if you trace out what it would mean for uh, a recommender system used in social media uh, to send content to your feed uh, that not only you're likely to engage with, which is already the way that uh, machine learning is used uh, in recommender systems today, but that furthermore has learned how to slot you and nudge you over time to adopt behaviors uh, and patterns of beliefs uh, that will make you much more likely to adopt a certain worldview that is suited to the kind of optimization it could provide, uh, that's a different ballgame. Um, there are a lot of interesting ways in which reinforcement learning points to a world in which AI is going to uh, nudge us into forms of belief and behavior that we don't even understand until it's too late. 
And the reason is that it learns dynamically from how it interacts with its environment rather than just statically. Uh, it's beyond just making predictions and classifications in a vacuum. Uh, and what it's instead doing is intervening on a domain to restructure it according to its own specification. It's a tool for world making rather than just representing. And that's why it's transformative. And that's why you need to bring in political economy uh, to really understand it. Can you tell us more about where this idea came from? Yeah, so the, the Seed of Pearls was originally an outgrowth of my time spent as the Law and Society Fellow at the Simons Institute in fall 2020. So at the time, the Simons Institute, which is uh, based at UC Berkeley, which is where I got my PhD, uh, was pursuing a program uh, on the theory of reinforcement learning uh, for the entire semester. And they brought me in as an expert on the uh, legal and social implications uh, of what this technology might mean. Uh, and in accordance with that, I was very interested in uh, organizing a reading group uh, with, with computer scientists on the topic of how it is that this uh, different approach to uh, optimization that reinforcement learning makes possible will affect specific human domains, like, for example, transportation with self-driving cars or content recommendation in social media. Uh, and how do we begin to approach that question comparatively across domains, rather than just thinking of optimization in some narrowly abstract sense? How do we try to index it into human problems and human activities, and then compare across those activities to see where certain risks are most likely to emerge first or more intensely? And I think a lot of people actually were very excited to think that way. That isn't the way that most conversations about RL had been presented to computer scientists before. Uh, I was interested to learn myself. We kind of got the ball rolling by looking at papers together. And eventually that snowballed into really us coming up with a, a new semantics for how we even talk about reinforcement learning, uh, where again, the story ends up being much more about how you manage and intervene on the institutional dynamics that already exist in human domains, rather than just training an agent uh, in some strictly abstract environment, according to whatever terms uh, the designers chosen for the specification. Who would you say the Pearls Workshop is for? Like, who do you want to attend? I think that there's two core audiences we're trying to reach here. One is actual computer scientists, so people who actually work with reinforcement learning, who try to use it to make headway on problems that have maybe been approached before in supervised learning, but they're interested if they can squeeze more juice out of it using RL. Maybe they're problems that were previously unsolvable, but they're interested uh, in whether reinforcement learning can be brought to bear on them, particularly in the context of, of very grounded applications uh, like self-driving cars or like content recommendation uh, or like the optimization of an ele electrical grid, for example how it meets human domains on the one hand. And then the other audience we're trying to reach is policymakers, people who actually think about the law, who think about standards, who think about potential statutes that maybe don't exist right now, about how we should govern AI, how we should oversee these new kinds of systems that we're building. And what we're most interested in is to examine these places where it's not just that these communities would benefit from more cross-fertilization. Like it's not just that they could teach each other new things about 
what can RL do we couldn't do before? How can we respond to that using policy? It's also to really look at RL itself as an approach to policy, to really sort of see these two different, these two different fields as, as really working on the same questions. Uh, because that's really how I'm defining political economy is how do we manage the institutional dynamics of different domains? And how do we compare across domains towards the end of doing a better job of specifying what we mean by a good society, a good set of metrics, a good kind of social behavior? Uh, how do we want that flow to be structured? This is exactly the same question that people in the law have asked since antiquity, and it's exactly the question that reinforcement learning faces today. Do you want to say more about what kind of conversations uh, you think will happen there or that you want to happen there? Yeah, beyond what I've just mentioned, uh, which is really just this more conceptual grappling with how do we reconceive of the law through the lens of RL and how to, on vice versa, how do we maybe reconceive of the kinds of specification problems or questions that RL poses from the standpoint of the law? I think an important follow-up question to that is, how do certain emerging areas of legal research uh, present a particular way of thinking about reinforcement learning? Uh, and for example, what I mean by that is, um, we're going to have several speakers at the workshop who are going to speak to the, the relevance, this, this renewed interest in antitrust policy for how we should approach questions of AI governance. And I think the reason that's important is that there seems to be, and in fact, in my dissertation, I, I argued this, there is an affinity between the pursuit of something like the reward hypothesis in reinforcement learning, uh, or rather the, the ability to design rewards and try to optimize them at ever greater uh, planning horizons from an RL standpoint. On the one hand, there's an affinity between that and what antitrust scholars for you know, 100 years now have referred to as monopoly power, uh, which is really just to say, you know, when you're optimizing a self-driving car to navigate traffic, there's a difference between teaching an agent how to navigate a four-way stop safely, which I think it's not controversial to say we all want that, versus teaching an agent to try to uh, optimize traffic through a city grid. Um, the latter question is not the kind of thing that the big three automakers ever asked before. Uh, it's not really a question that policymakers have ever been able to ask before, at least not in a well-framed way. And so we're now going to enter a world where the people building self-driving car fleets uh, are able to concretely envision what it would mean for the city of San Francisco to optimize its traffic grid. And that's a public question. I mean, it's a public problem. And the fact that we're going to enter a world where private companies basically exercise discretion over a question like that, I think is something that should give both RL practitioners and legal scholars uh, a lot of pause. And I think to really make sense of that question, we have to do a much better job of exploring the intersection between these communities, of, of helping each other ask our own questions and, and finding a new kind of language with which to make sense of that question. So let me just ask you, are you pro-regulation? It's a good question. It's an important question. I would say that I am pro-specification. And what I mean by that is how we define rewards, actions, states, uh, how observable the environment is. All of these bread and butter questions that every RL practitioner has to ask themselves, these are questions that law and policy have thought about for centuries. 
And so when we talk about regulation, I think it's important to ground that question in this larger context and, and somewhat more technical and formal context of specification. Uh, unless we're willing to understand how these uh, two different audiences, I think, can learn from each other and recognize that the questions they ask are the same, I don't think we're likely to come up with regulations that are good. And vice versa, I don't think we're likely to come up with specifications that are optimal, or at least uh, don't have the constraints that they should, uh, or that are actually as well suited to the domain as we think we are. I think the problem right now is we have increasingly formal uh, and refined uh, technical work uh, that amounts to basically learning a model uh, in some specified environment, uh, but a lot of existential uncertainty about how well that model conforms to the normative stakes and structure of the, of the domain, the actual human context within which that model will be deployed. So if our goal is to build actual systems rather than just models, we have to begin to approach specification as a much larger and much older problem than, than strictly as it's been understood through the lens of reinforcement learning. Now, whether that means regulation or whether that means uh, a market-based approach, uh, that's somewhat beyond my pay grade. And really the reason Pearls exists is to even make sense of that question. We should explore that question and do research on it rather than dogmatically assume uh, a yes or no answer. Awesome. Okay. And anything else you want uh, listeners to know before you go? I appreciate the opportunity to talk about pearls. I really would recommend that if you're interested in anything I just said, or if anything I just said raises your heckles, you know, please show up to the workshop and, and make your voice heard. The, the purpose of the workshop is to make a space within which new kinds of questions can be asked and new kinds of answers uh, can be posed. Uh, it's not to commandeer this space, and it's certainly not to to structure it in according to a particular uh, re uh, political agenda. It's really to make it so that we're doing the best job and most objective job we can of, of making sense of the future. Thank you, Dr. Thomas Gilbert. Thank you for having me. Dr. Nitzberg is Executive Director of CHAI at UC Berkeley. That is the Center for Human Compatible AI, as well as the Head of Strategic Outreach for BEAR. That's Berkeley AI Research Lab. Welcome, Dr. Nitzberg. Thank you for having me. Uh, so we've had a couple folks from Chai on here before, Thomas Gilbert and Michael Dennis. And Thomas, of course, told us about his work on PEARLS. But can you remind us, uh, what does PEARLS mean? It stands for Political Economy of Reinforcement Learning Systems. Uh, and I think of it at, at two levels. Um, reinforcement learning itself has a kind of political economy within the very nature of RL, where you specify actions observations and rewards for a given task and domain. And then, of course, at the level of the RL systems in the context of, of society and their constituents. Can you give us a hint about uh, what you're most excited about in terms of this, this workshop? Well, the questions at the center of pearls are, are really how should these constituents, technology, social scientists, policymakers, end users, civil society collaborate uh, to design and use and regulate these massively influential systems. And, uh, you know, the biggest commercial enterprises in history, the tech platform companies, connect more than half the world's population, and they affect what we 
see and read and do every day. And so these algorithms uh, influence so much of human life. We absolutely need the constituents connecting the technological you know, why and how to the human why and how. Uh, and so what, what I'm excited about in terms of the workshop is exactly this, human history's fastest and most widespread technology rollout. NeurIPS is one of the big technology meetings each year for, for machine learning. And uh, we absolutely need to factor the social considerations into what these tens of thousands of scientists meeting at NeurIPS are building and perfecting, not as a separate line of inquiry, but as part of the design of the systems. So Pearls is... Is really about policy, uh, I saw in the description of the workshop. Is, is that right? Yes, and about the, uh, the dialogue uh, among the constituents. Is there kind of some assumption that we need, we need or might want regulation in this area? Or are there some alternatives to that that you can see? Uh, there is. And in fact, you know, more broadly, uh, there's a need for regulation, uh, just as there is for, uh, for any technology that has a huge amount of influence. So, you know, if you look at creation of, you know, transport vehicles, aircraft, and so forth, you know, there's a reason for regulation. <laughs> you know, you need standards, you need safety standards, you need testing standards, process, uh, and, and oversight bodies to assure that things are done in a way that minimizes harm, maximizes benefit, and so forth. So what, what might you say to people who think that uh, government isn't very good at regulating things or that RL is beyond the limited capacity of government to regulate well and that they, they probably wouldn't do a good job at it? That's a fair point. I'm an armchair policy person. Uh, and I think that uh, what I have learned is that regulation is very, very hard to do right. And, uh, and in fact, I believe that uh, we, you know, on the technology side and on the science side, it, we, we can really get some of the groundwork right so that you know there are appropriate technical guidelines for better um, ethical you know social outcomes um, and that's why i think the, this workshop may uh, make it possible to, uh, to to help in crafting better regulation and you know possibly simpler maybe we can just touch on why is the political economy aspect important for rl specifically versus other types of ML? Like, should, should we be talking about the political economy of unsupervised learning uh, or ML in general? Can you remind us what is special about RL uh, in terms of political economy? Supervised and, and, and unsupervised learning produce, uh, in a sense, static, broadly stable systems. Even the EPIC systems, the semi-supervised learning system like GPT-3, is, is largely static. Uh, it, it was trained before COVID and Biden. So if you interact with it, you'll see it, its output seems to be living in the past. But th this is completely different with, with uh, reinforcement learning systems that really are meant to operate in dynamic environments, um, not only at the individual, you know, single um, uh, one person interaction level or one machine, but in these, these vast ecosystems the, the platform companies like like Uber and Google and so on, optimizing not just one ride or one recommendation, but but vast crowds of drivers and riders or or, or users um, and and content. So to me, the most important aspect of of reinforcement learning over the other uh, machine learning uh, techniques is the case where the 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 system is interacting with people. Content recommender systems are. are the prime example. And um, uh, I lost no one to COVID, but I've lost friends to QAnon. And I think reinforcement learning has something to do with that. It's, it's really the most powerful kind of machine learning when it comes to influencing, you know, human thought and therefore society. 
So I guess then you're also considering um, bandits and those type of recommenders as, as within the scope here for pearls? Absolutely. So uh, what about the argument that, you know, maybe RL is not the issue, but it's, it's all about the application area. For example, maybe it makes sense to regulate policies on cars, but, you know, maybe RL could also be used to control a car in, in a video game, and we wouldn't really care about regulating that. So maybe it's really about the fact that it's a car. Uh, or is it a, the fact that it's a policy or that's an RL policy versus a, a PID or an imitation learning policy? Or is it really about the fact that it's a car and cars are dangerous? Um, and a similar argument for social media since since now, as you say, it's clear that social media can, can affect societal health as well. Is it really about the application area or is it really about the fact that it's that it's RL, like what, what technology is powering it? How, what do you think about that? Well, I like the question. And, and of course, the application matters. Uh, but reinforcement learning is, you know, at the core of these of these really, you know, vastly broadly adopted systems. I'm trying to think of a, an analogy that works here, and and the best that I can come up with is 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 grains like wheat. Of course, it matters whether you're making pasta or cookies or whether you're part of a uh, a huge national bakery or a small one. But what really uh, matters here is that it makes sense to focus on how you how you make the wheat and uh, that is because it is so broadly adopted and it has its own political economy it affects masses of people in terms of of nutrition and and in many other ways and so so i think uh, reinforcement learning is somewhat similar there are areas in which it's very unlikely to have a a broad harmful effect uh, or or affect uh, a, a large swath of people but it's so clearly uh, has applications that are affecting, uh, you know, all of all of society, uh, and and so it deserves its own uh, attention. I see you wrote a book called Solomon's Code. Can you uh, can you share how that relates to the to the theme of pearls? Well, absolutely. Um, uh, have you got all day? <laughs> there, there are there are really so many ways in which uh, in which these systems are are, are affecting humanity and you know everyday lives and in industries and because of its nature um, reinforcement learning is you know has has some real risks uh, if you pit a system a reinforcement learning system against a human uh, the house always wins and uh, and so in in this book we've interviewed uh, over a hundred people around the world about uh, attempts at you know fair, distribution of, of the burdens and benefits and so forth. And, you know, we've, we came to the conclusion that you really need the representatives of these different parts of society, the tech designers and the regulators and, and the users and the, and the policymakers working together to avoid the situation where you've got technology that, that lets the house always win and you have the house take over humanity. Uh, our book has been called optimistic and, and and I know that what I'm saying doesn't sound optimistic but I actually am quite optimistic there, there's so much attention now uh, focused as it should be on um, on the societal impacts that um, that that wasn't the case um, in in the you know with the rise of of, of automobiles and, and many other technologies so we're really paying attention I'm I'm hoping that uh, among other things uh, um, meetings like this pearls workshop are are going to have a place in uh, in ensuring that safe and beneficial um, applications. Well, I'm really looking forward to the workshop. My personally, I think uh, the issue of technological unemployment uh, 
is specifically relevant for RL. RL has the potential to do all sorts of jobs for us. And uh, I don't think we really answered the question of what then in our economy. Well, let's talk about that at the workshop. And yeah. I look forward to seeing you. Thanks so much, Dr. Nitzberg. And we'll see you at the NeurIPS Pearls Workshop. Uh, thanks for having me.